All right, welcome to Making the Argument. Before we get started, I have a very important announcement. We have a brand new deal with GoodRanchers.com. That's right. If you go into Good Ranchers and you use promo code Nick and you sign up for one of their subscriptions, you're not only going to get $15 off, but do you remember the old deal where you got two pounds of ground beef with each order? Well, we just upped the game. That's right. You can choose top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon now. Every single order you get on that subscription is going to come with free. Top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon. You get to choose which one if you use promo code Nick. And again, $15 off on top of that. That's a savings of $480 in meat by signing up for one of those subscriptions. Not to mention the fact that if you are looking for a gift for someone that is impossible to shop for, you can go on to GoodRanchers.com and get one of their brand new gift boxes. Now, this is a limited time only offer. It's part of their overall Black Friday special. So go on to GoodRanchers.com to get more details. Sign up for promo code Nick in order to get that deal and let's get on with the show. Just a heads up to all of the parents before we get started today. We are going to be discussing some very sensitive issues around child abuse and trafficking and we just wanted to let you know before we get started. There was a gal who's an orphan who was abused by a very wealthy man. Her parents were killed and he used her as often in any way that he wanted to. She was working at a sewing factory and she fell in love with a young man. This bad guy found out. So he tells her, hey, meet me. I want you to meet me somewhere. And he basically was saying, I'll give you your freedom. You won't have to be my sex slave any longer. He raped her horrifically. And then he tried to cut her head off. Her hand behind her head stopped the blade but he cut her hand off and then he poured battery acid on her face and, and he left her there to die. I'll never forget my team lead said, hey, I've got a very bad feeling. If he finds out she's not dead, he's gonna send guys to kill her. Victor Marks has been someone that has experienced this on a very personal level. He served in the military and he decided to do something about it because Victor Marks did not just see all of this and be like, you know what? We need legislation. You know what? We need donations. You know what? We need awareness. He's done all those things. But no, he personally put himself in harm's way in order to rescue and pull these children out of these situations. And we are just absolutely honored to have you today. Victor, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Nick. Brother, I, you know, I appreciate your friendship and the sacrifices you made in service to our country, and then what you do now. But I, I'm, I'm grateful to be on the program, and I'm excited about, I think what we're seeing is a movement, right? Wouldn't you agree? Just yeah. there's, there's a big shift in a movement, and I'm thankful to Tim and Angel Studios and Jim as the actor and all of that. I'm thankful for the awareness that is being brought. There is a lot of attack on the film, and... The easiest way for me to, from a worldview, take a look at this is to go, well, it's the lines are being drawn much more clear. Mm -hmm. You know that this is a battle between good and evil. Ultimately, that's what everybody has to remember. And you kind of know where people stand now on issues of courage, morality. And now in the last, this was the last possible frontier of what is right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And no one ever thought 
we would be trying to defend a position to protect children. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, someone who's been in this space for 20 years now, uh, it's we've seen the tsunami building of evil against children, and now it's right in our face. So for context, I'd like your audience to understand that um, we talk about children who were trafficked or abused, sexual abused and used. Uh, I'm a survivor leader of an organization. So I went through stuff as a child. Um, ages three to seven was the worst of it. And I've been, you know, all the things that shouldn't happen to a kid happened to me. And I was uh, used by more than one person. It was multiples, female and male. And then I was uh, tortured. Um, I've been electrocuted, dunked in a tub till I passed out. Um, and what people actually know me the most for uh, globally is the gunness arm, right? The yeah. world's fastest gunness arm. And I, we only showed that in the beginning to capture people's attention so I could tell them. The reason why I hold the world record in that is because my stepfather, my main abuser, held a pistol to my head. And he said, if you ever tell anybody what I've done, I'll blow your brains out and just tell the police you found my gun and shot yourself. So that, you know, that that's the context of what and why I do what I do, what I'm called to do, and it's to protect children. Now, right now, the buzzword is child trafficking because of the film. But I'd like to help educate your constituents a little bit to say, you know, don't be hyper-focused on the term child trafficking, but more so the the terminology child abuse because child abuse is what everything else falls under mm -hmm. and although child sex trafficking is is beyond it, its wickedness I, I need people to understand that there are more children being sexually abused outside of child trafficking just in their homes by relatives by neighbors my friends, so we can't leave that group out because honestly what it does, Nick, it makes them, it compounds the issue of shame and lack of self-worth because they're going, well, I wasn't abducted and being sold, but yet my dad or stepdad or uncle abuses me all the time, girls and boys. So I, I want to make sure for those listening who are victims because, and then the other thing, and and I need people to understand my heart. I, I'm speaking from a, a person who's survived a lot of stuff, was left for dead in a commercial cooler. And you can see our film. It's on our website, victormarch.com or YouTube. It's in 15 languages. But I want to represent and help the victims that have been through this, that are currently going through it. And uh, we, we don't want to leave or just look at one segment of child abuse. We need to look at it as a whole. Now the film does an outstanding job of helping people understand. Now I haven't seen the film and I told folks, yeah. I made a post that went pretty viral. I just can said, I, can hey. I talk about that for a second? Yeah, because I, yeah. I remember when I first saw the advertisements coming out for this movie, you're the first person I thought of. 
Yep. I was like, in, in fact, when, when someone, someone hadn't told me exactly what it was yet, this was, this was a while back. They're like, Oh, they, yeah, there's going to be this big movie coming out. I, I was like, Oh, I wonder if it's going to be about Victor. Right. <laughs> right. And I was okay. Right. It's about Tim Ballard and, and, and his experience, which was incredible. But I remember wondering, I wonder what, honestly, the first person's opinion I wanted on this movie was yours. Thank you. And, and I remember, um, I remember going on your Instagram and watching that video where, where you explained that you not only had you not seen the movie, but you weren't going to, but you encouraged other people to. Right. Um, can you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? I'd love to, uh, because it, it caused consternation with some. And I'm like, no, you know, um, people who have suffered abuse don't find pleasure in sitting down and necessarily watching a highly dramatized um, film about maybe what they've experienced. Mm -hmm. Unless they've really gone through healing, right? Or maybe it's part of it. But most victims, they try to compartmentalize and to move on. And I did that for decades. I literally did not start dealing with the worst of my trauma till I was in my 30s into my 40s because it was so, it was interrupting my life, you know, and I had to, I was forced to. Um, so I tell people, I don't actually need to see it, one, because I've lived that type of abuse, and second, it's the space we work in. Uh, Tim's highlighting one story. We're dealing with live stories right now. We're, we're you know, we're in it. We've been in the space, so... I think it's needed for people to see, and that's why I encourage it, to open people's eyes, right? And to go, wow, is this what it's about? But then it's important for people to understand and kind of work through some of the extremism or Hollywood versions to what is really, what is really real mm -hmm. and where's the biggest need and how can we help so, so you're obviously you went through something horrific between three to seven, but that trauma doesn't go away just simply because it's not being in, in, in physically inflicted But right. that the, the trauma is something that affects you beyond that. W what was your, cause you, you, you talk about a, a combination of your military service, but also your, your faith in God as, as helping you not only, I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say deal with, but, but helping you navigate yeah. what happened. And at the same time, turning that experience into something that you, you were going to use to shape a significant portion of, of your life. Can, can you, can you talk a little bit about what that looked like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt that the, the cliche is true that we get better or better from things that happen to us. Right. And when injustices happen to a person, especially when they're younger, you tend to compartmentalize uh, incorrectly. That's what post-traumatic stress is. And it becomes a disorder when it's interfering. Uh, because of everything I went through, which included uh, you know, horrible things, um, horrible things. And, and I, you know, I actually don't even like repeating them. And sometimes I do just because I want people to understand you're not alone. But it, yeah, I had to have 123 visits to a trauma specialist over a nine month period. I've been on Debico, Debiking, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium, Buspar. I mean, there are times I'm so, I've been so low functioning. That's what forced me, flashbacks and, you know, hypervigilance and all that. 
But what I did learn, especially when I was younger, is I always wanted to grow up. I always wanted to grow up. And then I wanted to become the man that I thought should have been there for me. That's been one of my motivations. So as a scrawny, insecure, you know, shame-filled, which the shame was never mine, but a kid who was poor in athletics, poor in grades, just kind of ecking along, I really purposed one day I'm going to be the man that I wish, you know, would have been there for me to protect me. And I think God honors stuff like that faith-wise because he puts it in your heart. So, you know, I've been able to honestly accomplish everything that my heart desired. And I'm sometimes actually, I just, I'll just sit on the edge of my bed and get emotional. Uh, and they're man tears. They're not wimpy tears. I mean, they, you know, they fight yeah. their way out of the tear ducts and yeah. better off tears. my yeah. chin. Yeah. They're, they're low crawling away yeah. <laughs> out of complete gratitude of what God's allowed me to experience in the redemptive way. So, I want people to understand if you've gone through something, first of all, it's the shame's not yours. Never was. It's always the perpetrator. And two, don't give up. Let the fight in you be outward, not just inward. Don't don't swallow the grenade and be careful who you throw the grenade on. Let God work in and through your life for a positive effect. The Marine Corps is great for me. Structure, discipline, um, you know, and... You know, they taught my, they took my hunting skills as a kid and, and trained them and refined them. Uh, and I thought, this is great. But it was later in life that God really said, this is ultimately how I want you to redeem your life. Was there a specific moment when, when you felt like just assured or confident that, no, this, this is it? Was it something with, just between you and God, was it something with your with your your wife? Like, what? How did that? Can you explain that for us? Yeah, I I, I mean, I remember being in the Marine Corps. The last six months before I got out is when I got born again, and I was inquiring of God, "What do you want me to do?" All I know how to do is shoot and smash people, and um, and He gave me a scripture that said, "Endure affliction, and do the work of an evangelist." Hmm. And I mean, that was seared into my soul. So I was like, well, I like the second part, evangelism. <laughs> that it that endure, I've thought of, I thought of endured, but he knew I would have to endure more, and it was just being faithful to follow him daily because that's that's the payday, not something tremendous. And everybody thinks about exploits, heroic exploits, and it's like, yeah, just do what's before you. Then when you're doing other things, all it is is a natural response to a lifetime of obedience in what people would consider small. But when we went into starting our organization, All Things Possible, 20 years ago, we're actually celebrating 20 years this year. And we started going into youth prisons. And that was my introduction to what I thought was going to tell my story and help kids. Hearing their stories blew me away. And it, it is nonstop. And reaching those children first, I'm talking about from eight years old up to 17, 18. Uh, one kid we sang uh, happy birthday to, he was crying, sobbing in a corner. Everybody's like, what's wrong? He goes, no one has ever sang that song to me. 
in 18 years. Never heard it. Uh, another kid had raped someone, and I said, you know, uh, why did you rape this younger kid? He goes, oh, because my, my dad rapes me all the time. Another kid they, they brought to me, and I've got hundreds and hundreds. I mean, I've written 6,000 kids who were incarcerated by hand. We still have them categorized. I'd never get rid of them. They would write me by hand. We'd write them back. But one kid was humped over so bad, he was like walking like this. He couldn't stand up because his stepfather kept him in a cage, a dog cage, and would rape him and his allow other people to do it. So that's where I was introduced just to the significant amount of evil done to children. And the only thing left for society to do to take a child out of control is to incarcerate them. And some of them definitely need to be incarcerated. Uh, but it was there that God started touching my heart. And, I, and I'll tell you, God will never ask a person to do more than he's designed for them until you're willing to be obedient in the small things and get, listen to this, be ready for a sacrifice. Because mm. we weed through people, thousands that contact us and say, I want to go overseas. I want to do this. I want to do that. And typically my first response is, not really. You think you do. Mm. You have a heart to, for change, but be careful of what you're asking for. Uh, brother, you, you went through selection and qualification, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tough. That's uh, how many people would love the tab, but they don't want to make this. High. You're smiling because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of they they love the they love the idea of what it looks like once you cross the finish line, but they're not really they're not really prepared for what the race looks like. And and some of them some of them realize that up front and they never start. Some of them realize it midway through. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you're 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 right. Every everybody wants the Everybody wants the feeling of triumph at the end. They're just not willing to put up with what it takes to actually get there. Right. And so this is what I tell people. I go, you know, my journey is has been significantly difficult. Um, even to the kids we were helping overseas. We're probably best known on social media for rescuing or facilitating recoveries of children and women from ISIS. And like... Stepping into that, Nick, was an absolute accident. We just went there to try to help girls who had been held captive mm -hmm. and were suicidal. The KRG government invited us through a friend. But this is what happened that changed everything. My wife is literally hugging her girl, ministering to her. And uh, at a certain point, a girl keeps looking at my wife's watch. And my wife goes, you like my watch? She goes, yeah. She goes, do you want it? She goes, yeah. And I remember thinking, hey, I gave you that watch. <laughs> I can go get something down at, yeah. you know, the Hajib marketplace. My wife gave her that watch. I was like, whoa, pure love. Then later this girl goes, I can tell you'll love us. And you care about all the girls still that were kidnapped and being sex slaves. And she said this, this is where our life changed overseas. She goes, when I ran out of the facility that we were being held captive in by ISIS as sex slaves, she goes, I grabbed the Amir's phone, which is a leader of ISIS, yeah, a yeah. leader. Grabbed his phone and she goes, I have it. Do you want it? Oh. Yeah. 
right? We were like, what? And of course, you know, I had spun up some pretty solid dudes, you know, everything from agency to greenie beanies to the unit. And we'll throw a Marina in there just for, you know, headbanging opportunity. <laughs> but that phone was loaded with Intel that changed the course of everything we were doing. And you know what? It's been eight years, 16 trips in and out of Iraq or Syria. And my wife and I still have a safe house there. Yeah. And we're still active in the most uncomfortable places where most nonprofits would never go. So that, that was our kind of path. And of course, from there, um, an, another, I'm just telling you like real life personal stories. We, we get a call from Southeast Asia and there's a girl saying, Hey, there's a young woman who works here in this certain country, rescuing girls out of sex trafficking. And she just got attacked. They tried to kill her and she's having major trouble. I said, how many girls does she have in her care? And she's like, you know, 20. I was like, dang. She goes, I saw on social media, you're a high risk missionary. Can you help us? I put a two man team together, former Navy SEAL, who was a branch guy at that time working yeah. for CIA. And then my son, and uh, I sent them over media. I said, go do an assessment. And of course, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, it was all done very professional, everything. And I was like, ah, so I can make an assessment. They contact me, go, you've got to get this young lady out of country because she'll die. She has hemorrhaging in her brain. There's some stuff. I mean, she's going to die, but she won't leave her kids. Do you know, it was through her watching my film at a different time of my story. And then my son, who she didn't know, that was my son. And he said, my parents want to fly you to America to help you recover. They'll, they will take care of you and then send you back here so you can do your work again. And we'll, we'll take care of, and she, and then when, she, when he told her, it's Victor Marks, she goes, the guy in the movie? He's like, yeah, that's my parents. She goes, oh my gosh. Okay, I'll go. Yeah. She came. And I'm telling you, Holly uh, is one of the most amazing gals, Southern California, and she would buy a kid, right, in the Red District, like, and this is how she got the reputation and actually why people wanted to kill her, still do, is she'd buy a kid, walking away, and the guy goes, I want more. She goes, no, we made a deal. You pay off the kid's family, take what you want. This, this kid is mine, it's coming to our safe house. And he tried to take the, the little girl back who was on, you know, he had drugged her. Holly grabs the guy by his scruff and just pounds his dude's face <laughs> in. Just beat him into a mouth. Because yeah. what he didn't know, he's looking at a little blonde gal. What he doesn't know, she's a Muay Thai fighter <laughs> who had spent time in prison, you yeah. know, and, and worked for the Mexican mafia. So God has just ordained things. And people that are listening and watching that are so moved by the movie, God will ordain your steps. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered by the Lord. So there, there are things happening, great things happening, but you know, maybe in the next few minutes we can talk about what's really real and what's really a fantasy. Yeah. Just like you would have to, you know, 
talk about the reality of being a coveted Green Beret. You know, special forces, and, um, you know, are you always repelling upside down with a K-bar in your knife? <laughs> no. Uh, mouth? Yeah. So... My, my so, dad, my dad once said, he goes, my dad was a LAPD and a homicide detective. And once oh, he, wow. said, he said, he goes, Nick, police work is hours of tedium punctuated by seconds of sheer terror. <laughs> and, exactly. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a great way to put it. And, and, and I do, I would love to, I'd love to actually transition over to that because there's going to be so many people. I, I've, I've shared a lot of stuff about, um, sound of freedom on, on my own social media. And somebody commented uh, the other day and they're like, this isn't going to do anything. This is right. people are going to watch the movie and, and go away. And, and a part of me was mad because a part of sure. me felt like they were denigrating what the movie was trying to accomplish. And, and, uh, but another part of me was like, well, then I guess it's our job to make sure it doesn't right. right? That, that's, that's the one thing that, and, and I feel, I feel like we're, we're at a time right now where so many people, and I'm going to say specifically so many men. Yeah. So many young men that are growing up in an environment where they're being told that the masculinity and in, in that in that drive and that capability, that capacity and capability for violence, right? That that's bad. That's toxic. Like, no, it's morally neutral. Yep. You can use it for bad or you can use it for good, but it's going to be there because I believe that's the way God designed us. God designed men with this capacity, with this capability that we have to develop Right. but we have to develop in service of something. And here, here's what I want to ask. There's going to be people that watch sound of freedom. There's going to be people that have become more aware of something and God's going to move on them yes. in, in, a, in a way that they, they never really imagined before. And some of it, it's going to be going into that prison ministry. That's, that's right. going to be their role. Some of it is going right. to be donating to organizations that do this so they can expand their capability and they can expand the locations and what they do. Um, there, there's going to be other people where it's, it's the, political scene and they're going to be assisting in the development of legislation, which actually properly funds uh, institutions, which are responsible for this and punishes it uh, appropriately. Right. Um, and, and then there's going to be, there's going to be other people that they're going to say, and like you said, you're going to get some people say, I want to get on a plane. And yep. once they become, once they come face to face with the reality of that, they're going to realize that maybe no, they don't. But then there's yeah. going to be other people. And I fully believe this. There's going to be other people that God's put that on their heart. And I think there's going to be, I honestly believe this, Victor, Man, I think there's a lot of veterans that are looking for their next fight. Yes. They're they're yes. looking for the next fight. They're they're they they've come out and there's still there's still fight left in them and they are looking for a noble and worthy cause and this is something that has just awakened something inside them and they need to know where to, they're like I'm I'm well, it it's that moment where it's that moment where Samuel hears, you know, whom shall we send? Yeah. And he says, "Here I am, Lord, send me." I I think yeah. that I think we're about to see that. And, and Victor, you, you know, you know how to do it. Yeah. You, you know, where, you know, where yeah. to send them. So mm -hmm. how do, how do people turn this new awareness, this new knowledge, maybe this new anger and frustration and, and, and passion yeah. to affect something? How do they turn that in to something that's actually going to be relevant? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I've known you a while and brother, I know when somebody's switch gets Flicked, and I see it in your eye. You're, 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 you're someone that can't escape this and it's hit you. And I love that because, uh, I do believe God will call certain men, most who are equipped or maybe have experience and are comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I love the guys that call me and go, and believe me, we get thousands. We, we get thousands of requests. But I love the guy that goes, hey, man, I'm, I'm, 
I'm 40 pounds overweight. I don't know how to shoot a gun, but I can shoot a bow. Yeah. Uh, let me in. I want to, you know, and I go, brother, I love your warrior's heart. So let's address that. Men have a warrior's heart. They should want to do heroic deeds, right? It, it's something. And then men need a mission, especially those have been high speed before. You know, it, it, it pains me to see guys who have done things that others can't imagine, but they paid a price to even get the opportunity. And I would say that. Uh, I want men to be humble in their approach of send me. Well, what does that look like? You know, have you gone through God's selection and qualification? Are you walking humbly or are you someone that just never got enough or never went and you want, and it's really about you versus the victim. It's always got to be about the victim, even above justice over evil. And believe me, I've been there where I'm looking at an ISIS guy who wants me dead. And we're, re we're getting a little kid whose parents were murdered right there on the battlefield. And now this child, nobody knows his name. It's so we're going to take him back to our house. I've got our team. We've gone through multiple checkpoints. We're in Mosul during the fighting. And I'm looking at this ISIS guy and he's looking at me, his hands are bound behind his back. I could easily, with great justification, change his address. And you know what? Uh, and no one, there's no one would have questioned that. But I felt the spirit of God touch me and say, talk to him. I said, talk to him? Uh, what do you, this guy wants me dead. Talk to him. So I did. I sat down. His hands are shackled behind him. I said, hey, have you ever met an American? He goes, no. I said, you ever met a Christian? He's like, no. I said, then why do you want to kill me? He goes, I don't know. I said, you have a family? He's like, yes. How many children? Told me. I said, I have a family too, and I have children. And then I found a common denominator. We were both husbands and fathers. I said, you know you're probably not going to live much longer. He said, inshallah, I said, your wife's going to be a widow and your children are going to be orphans because in the Middle East, if the husband dies, the kids are considered orphans and a widow. And I said, I said, I know God has sent me here this night. It's midnight. I'm in Mosul. You can hear gunfire. I said, but to ask you, do you know what happens when you die? And he goes, whatever God wants. I said, can I share with you my belief of what happens to me? Because I could die leaving here easily. And he says, please. And I shared my faith in Christ with this guy, an ISIS fighter who later was a commander. We found out through interrogation was a commander. And I'm not with an American unit. I'm in an Iraqi based force that is taking back territory and I'll never forget, I said, well, do you want to know that you have assurance when you die if you just put your faith and trust in Jesus? And he goes, yes. So he starts praying, Nick. He starts praying the prayer that we would typically come to faith by. It's not the only way, but praying. And then right at the end, I say, in Jesus' name, and he stops. I can visibly see something come upon him. 
and his face contorts. His ears point. He looks like a troll like that. It was a demon. Mm -hmm. And this guy broke his hand thighs. Pow. And he gets up to attack me. I have my dog, you know, Malinois that we use on our yeah. teams, about ready to jugular him. The Rocky soldiers come running over. They And I'm like, what in the world? They cinch him up again, put him down. You know, there's a little bit of fight, put him down. And then I tell him, I see his face come back to normal. And I'm like, do you know evil just, he's like, yes. I said, all right, tell me, what would you want me to tell other young men who are being radicalized to come to ISIS? His words, folks, an ISIS commander in Mosul, from his mouth to my ears, he goes, tell them do not come to the evil. The darkness, and I was like, wow. So I told him, I said, before you die, you can still call out to Christ. And I remember they, as they took him away, my head of security there, Hassan, uh, a dear brother, uh, Iraqi, he goes, hey boss, I'm very sorry. I seen the evil hit him in the brain. He goes, I was gonna shoot him in the face very quick, but you were saying the nice thing, so I did not want to interrupt. I, <laughs> I wanted to wait. I said, Hassan, th thank you for not shooting this guy in the face while I'm praying, you yeah. know, in Jesus' name, poof. Yeah. So I shared that story to say, men who want to go on a mission have with us to be part of something, or even if it's God ordained and, I mean, I was on a call yesterday, a conference call with Tim Tebow's director of his organization. And one of their operational guys who's leading missions, I look at him, I go, Sam. He goes, hey, Victor. <laughs> I'm like, what are you, you know, I took him into Iraq. He had wow. never done anything. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know, it was 2016, 2017. I vetted him and said, hey, all right. Not, he, he didn't even have a military background, but I felt God said, you're supposed to go. Now, look, he's leading teams yeah. and working with Tim Tebow's organization. So as people feel a desire, I, I want them to understand your heart has to be right because you're just like your father. Law enforcement, you deal with the manifestation of evil. This is not, you know, this is this is evil. And you have to be spirit-led, filled. Um, I don't know if you caught a post I did the other day. I had to apologize. Uh, I was on David oh, I, I respond. I responded to it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's right. So, you, you know, sometimes it'll creep up on you. You have to be careful. But we need good, godly men and women uh, who are willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me. What does that look like? Oh, maybe it's you come here to the training center in Colorado and you go through a training course. You get prepped up. You learn about what trafficking is. And let, let me say this. Here's like fundamental basic things people don't understand. I'm speaking only of child trafficking because mm -hmm. whenever I heard the word trafficking, I instantly go, what type? you know, human, labor, sex, what type of trafficking we deal, we focus on child trafficking. And I need people to understand there's pimp controlled trafficking where someone kind of owns you. There's your own family that will sell you and use you or right build relationships. Very common here in the US, very common, more than people know. There's gang controlled trafficking. 
where it's their network, they get girls, you work for us, and then it's buyer perpetrated, or we would say, you know, uh, just it's your own. Girls are pimping themselves out. And I'll tell you, that that is something that has skyrocketed lately in America because of fans only, all this. That That's all a form of you're pimping yourself out, but then to what degree? Because if a guy's paying money to watch you, but then he contacts you directly and says, I'll pay you $1,000 to meet with me or 5000 So there's all type. And and I would say educate yourself. If if your passion is about child sex trafficking, uh, you know, go to our website. We have information. Go to Missing and Exploited Children. They have a very solid website that will educate people. Educate yourself. Take the emotion and the passion and the zeal. Now mix it with knowledge because there are some like uh, at a meeting with a businessman and he goes, tell me, tell me what you need. Cause I want to help fund it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that are specifically gifted and have finances that will fund. But I will, I will say this as a warning to everyone listening before you make a donation, before you send a check, you know, trust and all that, but verify just like Reagan said, you yeah. have to, you have to verify there are some organizations, you know what they're great at? They're raising great money. at telling, yes, at raising money. But then there's not one real story on their website. There's not one real face. I know of an organization in counter sex trafficking. This pisses me off beyond words. I know this firsthand, first fact from someone in there that they're raising money from elderly people and us with emotional. And the stories that they tell, they always put a little caveat that says, this is what happens in this world. Oh, so they're making stuff up. It's not their stories. Yeah, yeah. And they'll say, well, you know, we got to, I'm like, we don't go to our website. Yeah. And guess what? We've got hundreds and thousands beyond what we want to share most this is, yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad you brought this up. And it's one of the reasons why we're, we're we want to showcase what you do. And that is because we saw this, we saw the same thing within organizations during the global war on terror that wanted yes. to quote, help the troops yes. and helping the troops became a big money industry. Oh my gosh. And, and, and the thing that you understood is that a lot of some of these organizations, there's a lot of good ones, a lot of great right, ones, right? Yep. but there was a, there was also organizations that stood up and, and some of them were the best at marketing. They weren't the best at actually doing anything, but man, they were good Bam. marketers. They were really right good there. marketers. And, and it's <laughs> one of the things I'm looking at right now is I'm looking for the people that were doing this before sound of freedom. Who are the people that were doing this before sound of freedom that were in the trenches, that were doing the work that had the experiences that had the testimonies and and it's testimonies from their experience, not, not sharing it off of other things. Right. Uh, Because that's, that's where I know that the funding and the support is going to go directly to the mission that that people want to support. And there's a lot of good organizations. A lot of them are small and they're doing good work. Right. And, um, uh, 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 one that's been around a long time, Yaku Bullions, uh, J-A-C-O Bullions. He's originally from South Africa. He's been doing this 28 years. He's a friend and a trusted friend, and he's a colleague. We're careful who we ever link arms with yeah. because of inconsistencies. And look, where there is a lot of smoke, 
there's going to be fire somewhere. So when you look at an organization and you Google them, if there's just tons of accusations and, you know, be careful. Then you have people on the flip side who were victims saying that they were pimped by Billy Graham. Yeah. I had, and I'm like, what? Yeah. He pimped me and, and they have a, they have a social media following. And I go, that would have made him in his eighties. What are you out of your mind? And all of a sudden that's what they need. That the victims, fake victims or mentally or demonized people, they just thrive off of, you know, uh, I'll, I'll encourage people to do this. Go to, I have a podcast and we just dropped today, me interviewing four girls that were all in the sex industry, trafficked. And one of them had just been out, I think four months. And they came here to our training center. What we do is we work with victims or we get gals out and we equip them. Our therapy is unique. They do jujitsu, they do blade work, they learn how to shoot, they, they learn how to develop a team, and they do a mock rescue, which is therapeutic for them. Yeah. But when I interviewed them, I said, hey, two questions, ladies. And we're not asking NGOs, we're not, it certainly don't ask professors at universities, you know, <clears throat> um, when I said, how do you get a girl out of being trafficked? They all said, every one of them agreed, get us a job, a way to make a living, help us deal with our trauma for the past because most all of them have been abused as a kid, which led to this crazy thinking, which made them victims. Mm -hmm. There were a few other things. And then I said, how do you keep a girl from being you know, snagged into this um, either by trickery or whatever or self-trust? They said, strengthen the family. Uh, the worst thing I ever heard from a, a pimp, a trafficker, he said, I just thank God for the dads and the uncles that make our job easy. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to how we began, the abuse. Be very careful with the experts because today you can be an expert in anything. I'll give you an example. I sat down with a very well-known think tank group, the leaders, and a luncheon, and we were talking about Iraq and my work there, right? And our teams. And and I shared with them that I met with a certain person who wouldn't meet with it. And that person, a high-ranking Muslim influencer to the hilt, uh, brought me to a group of persecuted Christians that had to flee Karagosh. And he brought me to them. And he said, help them. These are your people. Hmm. And... This thing, take the leader said, look right at him and said, and we're having lunch, said, I don't believe you. There's no way you got a meeting with that person. You know my response? I don't care if you believe me or not. <laughs> it doesn't, it, it, what you think doesn't matter to my work. And I kept eating. Yeah. And then everybody was like, holy crap. <laughs> and thank the Lord, this person goes out loud. It was said out loud. They go, well, I've never actually been to Iraq though. Wow. And then they said, I've never met a Muslim leader. Good gosh. And yet they are forming policy. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. So same thing, folks, in this area of, let's be specific, child sex trafficking. There's anti-trafficking groups, which are awareness. They raise a lot of money, but they don't do anything. There's not a do. Then you have counter 
that's actually engaging, mm-hmm. stopping the system, freeing the person, going after the bad guy for prosecution, right? And stopping the system. And it takes a lot of things. The last thing I want to say is, you know, if people get on our email list, we we will help direct their passion, help educate them, help train them. And then maybe some will be able to, because look, bro, I'm getting longer in the tooth. Me and my wife, there's nothing else we can possibly do. I made a list of every country we've been in that have done missions and operations. I can't, I literally can't believe it, Mm -hmm. but I'm coming, we're coming into a season here in Colorado. We have a full training center. Yeah. We're coming into a season to equip other people to do the work. We want to be a force multiplier to have a thousand of us before, you know, uh, before I'm changing my address and some big things are happening. Prayer is the most important thing. When people want to know what I do, it's a spiritual battle. Prayer is the most important thing. Some people are like, I'm not a prayer. I get it. Protect yourself. If you go on this field. I've seen people helping girls get out and they get smashed by the enemy, mm-hmm. by their own flesh. Horrible. But prayer, you know, the second thing, and I would just encourage people is to understand the truth of what really happens. How many kids are abducted? How many are being trafficked? If you go to the point of sensationalism, it will hurt everybody later. Mm. Bring it back to what is truth? Uh, Because this is such a horrific issue. Nothing has to be sensationalized. Nothing. And... And then some people will just need to give, and they have to understand giving to the right organization that gets results, fruit that last makes a difference. Yeah. We just put up a, a video of a girl who was shot in the back of her head, went through her eye socket. We stayed uh, helping her as if she was a little girl uh, through all these surgeries. And we had somebody come to us, an organization well-known, and offer us money offer us money. And they said, we want to help this case and this case. And we were like, well, no, we presented you with this bigger need because you're a big foundation with money. And they go, oh, we just want that case. And you know why? They wanted to tell our stories Mm -hmm. of kids that we have helped. And I go, no way. Mm -hmm. Keep your money. Let it rot with you. Mm -hmm. We're not selling our kids for your marketing deal. And, and they said, we have a lot of money, but we need to put it somewhere. Then you put it where we feel like it's best. And that's to help. It was actually stand up a church that does all kind of work in, in a certain region. But we're here in the U.S. doing work, and I'd ask for prayer for one thing. Next month, I mean, you can talk offline uh, because I, I we're, we're brothers and good friends. But I've set up a real think tank of the most effective guys in their sphere of influence and field. I'm putting it as this thing, thing. We're meeting next month to come up with very unconventional, some conventional, but very unconventional ways to stop. Listen to me, folks. The biggest need is to stop and stem the flow of child pornography in our country. That's what feeds people to act on hurting a child with any type of abuse. 
And I have got a guy on our team that has developed, I'll say it because I don't give any more information, but he's developed a very specific software that's proprietary. No one can do this. And tra- he can track every IP address that is transferring or downloading child porn mm. in the world. That's and incredible. It's, and he just won on this think tank. And I'm telling you, I'm, only God could bring this type of group together. And we just need prayer, folks, because one, it's a miracle that I could gather everybody together. And then what we're going to do when this when this passes. And I, I want to see one shout out. People be very careful. Don't forget about law enforcement. Law enforcement is doing the hardest work, not the NGOs, not the nonprofits. It's law enforcement. And law enforcement, just like the military, like I'm in Iraq, you know, some things happen. I'm reporting ISIS is shooting at me. I'm taking a video. I'm going, hey, they're right over there. It's very funny. You know, and we're getting this kid. I post it because I I don't, I'm not in the unit. I'm not in the Marines anymore. I'm a civilian. I can post it. But who was doing the hardest work? Military guys that can't post stuff, right? And I'm going to say the same for law enforcement. That's why in the U.S. we work. I've worked with Homeland Security. Uh, we work with police and law enforcement. Don't let anybody fool you. It's not the NGOs or the nonprofits kicking in doors and snatching up bad guys. Yeah. When it, Apart from law enforcement or military, all you're doing is kidnapping a kid. Now, there have been cases in other countries where we were able to do stuff that you know, we work with, or we have our own cowboy teams, but we we're never going against law enforcement and we always give them the credit. So no, and pray and, for your local law enforcement teams. No, that's, that's, that's great. And it's appreciated. Let, let me, let me ask you for just one more thing because I, yeah. I, I want to be respectful of your time. Can, can you share with the audience one of the stories from the work that you guys have done to, to, to bring a child out of this? Yeah. So, um, there's a ton, but, but one that we we've made public and it's, you know, it's, it's more recent. Um, there was a, there was a gal who's an orphan who was abused by a very wealthy man and, um, her parents were killed, uh, and it was intentional. We believe by him and he used her as often in any way that he wanted to. And she was working at a sewing factory. And she fell in love with a young man. And this bad guy found out. So he tells her, hey, meet me. I want you to meet me somewhere. And he basically was saying, I'll give you your freedom. You won't have to be my sex slave any longer. So she was excited. She met with him. He raped her horrifically. The worst on everything. And then he tried to cut her head off. Her hand behind her head stopped the blade. But he cut her hand off. And then he poured battery acid on her face. And and he left her there to die. We end up doing the recovery because we got a phone call. Saved her life. Gave her multiple surgeries. And I'll never forget my team lead said it was Holly. She said, Hey, 
I've got a very bad feeling if he finds out she's not dead, he's going to send guys to kill her. We have video footage of three guys trying to come to her room into the hospital to kill her. They never made it, thank goodness, um, because we had guns and people. And this girl named Nora survived. And I, on a, I told this wealthy guy tells her, I'll give you $10,000 if you drop all charges against me. Don't report me. 10000 which is a ton of money in that region. And, and how is this poor peasant girl from a village going to fight this guy? Now she only has one hand. 10000 I told her, I said, Nora, I'll send $40,000. I'll wire it to an account for you and your siblings to provide for you, your siblings, and your surgeries and anything you need. Don't let this monster try to, I said, and then I told her, and I'm very careful what I say, because one of the reasons why we're respected as an organization and me as a person is we do what we say. Mm. That's, that's if you just do what you say. And I told her, and I'm very careful. I've not done this much. I told her, I said, Nora, I give you my word. We will catch him and I'll make him pay. It took us a year. It took us a year. And we spent $100,000 chasing, hunting, the, which, you know, in the military, 100 grand is nothing. That's a, but for a small team, for what we do, it was laborsome. We had a couple of near misses, but we finally caught him. And I have the footage. And we made him pay. And now he's in prison. And we're this close. We're this close to a final judge's order for restitution of $200,000 for this girl and her siblings. And you know what? That young girl gave her life to Christ, not by force, but by love. Well, Victor. That's what all this has to be done by love. I want to... I want to thank you so much for being willing to share both of your story and, and the work that you guys are doing that you and your family's doing and your organization is doing. Thanks. Um, I mean, man, you've, you've truly, <laughs> you know, you said at the beginning here where you were talking about, um, you know, being a, a young boy that one day wanted to grow up to be the man that should have come in and saved you. And, uh, and you've, by the grace of God, you've done it. And you continue to do it. And now you're working on the process of turning other other men into that same sort of person. And so I just want to thank you so much. I want to just thank God for the work that you do. Um, can we close in prayer? Yeah. All right. Yes. Dear Lord, I just, I thank you uh, for Victor. I thank you for his family. I thank you for the mission that you put on his heart. Um, I, I, I thank you, Lord, that you never leave one of your children behind. And that you've raised up in him a man that is in, dedicated his life to making sure that your children don't get left behind. And just the appreciation, Lord, that, that we should all have for you allowing people to be involved in the work that you have. And that Victor has answered that call, Lord, so that one day he couldn't truly stand before you and, and hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. And we just thank you, and we, we ask you to continue to call up men and women, Lord, to answer the call when you ask, whom shall we send? And we 
Thank you for all of this. And we ask you for your continued protection and blessing for him, his family, and his organization. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Victor, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I can't thank you enough for the work that you're doing, for the sacrifice that it represents for both you, for your family. Um, I'd encourage everybody, please go to two sites, imvictormarks.com and victormarks.com to learn more about what this organization is doing. And start asking yourself the question. Start prayerfully considering the question because I want to go back to what Victor said before. It is really easy to get caught up depending on who you are and, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. The person that prayerfully considers what it is that God would have them do in this situation is the one that's actually going to bear fruit in that service. And so I just, once again, want to encourage you all to do that. I know we're going to be doing it. And Victor, thank you again, brother. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Um, This is an important mission, and it's one that I think is going to involve all of us. So thank you for watching, and we'll see you next episode. Once again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, again, one of the best ways you can do it is by heading over to goodranchers.com with promo code Nick. You're going to get $15 off. You sign up for one of those subscriptions and you're going to get up to $480 of free meat with that subscription. You get to pick top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, bacon. It is all up to you. Plus, if you're looking for gifts to get for the people that are impossible to shop for, goodranchers.com also has gift boxes. You need to act quick. This is part of their overall Black Friday special. So head on over to goodranchers.com, use promo code Nick, and once again, thank you for listening.